Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experiences with the step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. We're going to start by reading the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Okay, Matt, you were first. Please start us off. Okay, Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. And I will pass. Thank you, Matt. Karen, you're next. Made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Made a step four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Pass. Thank you, Karen. Karen D., you're next. Step five, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're ready to accept help in letting go of all our defects of character. Pass. Then AJ, you are next on my list. Step seven, with humility and openness, sought to eliminate our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Pass. Thank you, H.J. Kate M., you're next. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Pass. Thank you, Kate. And Bridget, if you'll finish us off for us. Step 11. So through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsivity and to practice this principle in all our affairs. Pass. Hey, thank you, everybody who read. This month, we're discussing step 11, because it's the 11th month. We will be reading eight versions of the step, the traditional OA, free thinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS, secular organization for sobriety. Once again, please take a turn reading a version of the step and say pass when you're finished. I will call on the hands in the order raised. And Elaine, you were first here on this one. Traditional OA sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Pass. Thank you, Elaine. Jenny. The OA principle is spiritual awareness. And we just read the Freethinker step, but I'll do it again. Sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Pass. Thank you, Jenny. Matt, you're next. Buddhist version, engaged through the practice of meditation to improve our conscious contact with our true selves and seeking that beyond self. Also use prayer as a means to cultivate positive attitudes and states of mind. Pass. Thank you, Matt. Judy. Cleveland, increasingly engaged spiritual energy and awareness to continue to grow in abiding strength and wisdom and in the enjoyment of life. Pass. Thanks, Judy. Linda. Two minutes. We appreciate what our friends have done and are doing to help us. Practical. We started meditating. Thanks, Linda. Janet. Proactive. On the search, Pringle. I make space in my life for a mindful reflection. A sense of meaning and purpose naturally arises from that. SOS. I will seek to improve my awareness and understanding of myself, my addiction, and of other individuals and organizations with the common goal of arresting food addiction. Yes. Thank you, everyone who read. We are now open for discussion about the steps. What does step 11 mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions we just read? Looks like Jenny would like to begin for us. Thanks, Jenny. Hi, Jenny, sugar addict and compulsive overeater. This has often been a really hard step for me because it talks the traditional one about prayer and meditation. But I really like the proactive step about I make space in my life for mindful reflection. And I just had an example of that where I went on vacation for two weeks. I was at the coast. I was by myself with my dogs and I spent the days just like walking along the bluffs on these trails. And I wasn't really meditating, but I was just in a different kind of a place. And I'd also, I meant to say, I've been reading this book, A Woman's Way, The 12 Steps, and it's not really secular, but it's not super gaudy either. And she talks about, you know, communing with nature as a way, like taking walks as a way of meditating. And so I was kind of thinking about that. And I kind of feel like I can use like walks in nature to be like meditation. And I did have this one time, I was really trying to work on an issue that's been bothering me for over a year. It's about a relationship. And I was at the beach and I decided I was just going to pick up these rocks and throw them into the ocean. And I'd been in this friendship for like 41 years and I was just really mad and I was picking up these rocks and I was throwing them in the ocean and each, I did 41 of them. Each one I was like, fuck you, you know, person's name, fuck you, person's name. And by the time I got to like the 30th rock, something inside of me started to soften a little bit. And so then I decided I was going to throw another 41 rocks and just say, I love you. And I hope things get better. And I mean, that was kind of like a meditative practice. You know, it's not what I would have normally associated with meditation, but it was a way of focusing. And my mind was only on those thoughts and it moved me to a different place. I mean, I can't believe that on my 30th rock, I was suddenly feeling like I could be a little bit forgiving and a little bit more open. 
So anyway, that's just my personal experience. And I don't meditate on a regular basis. I, at least a traditional way, I feel too wiggly. Pass. Jenny, thank you. Elaine, you're next. I like the words you use, wiggly. I'm too wiggly to meditate. I don't remember what the humanistic said, but uh, what caught my mind is the support of my friends and uh, friends outside of OA. I really don't talk about my weight very much. I could, but I don't. So the support of everybody on our Zooms really helped me to pinpoint how it is that I feel. The other thing that's uh, interesting for me is right now I have COVID as of yesterday and it's, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. It's amazing not to have food is the primary thought in my head. I like it. I will eat because I need nourishment, but it's an interesting experience that food is not a primary thought in my head and I'll pass. Thank you, Elaine. Now we've got Janet. Good morning. Um, I think the step or the wording here that really resonates with me is in the proactive, I make space in my life for mindful reflection. A sense of meaning and purpose naturally arises from that. I went through my own spiritual journey as a young teenager, being raised in the Methodist church in the in the this would have been 60s and early 70s when it was all about questioning. And so that those the questions plus what I was learning in my literature classes in high school really took me away from organized religion and dogma into my own spiritual space, if you will. And ever since that time, since certainly around age 15, 16, I practiced a lot of reflection. I wasn't really aware of mindfulness uh, as a concept until much more recently. But I think because of that process I went through at an early age, I've always had a sense of meaning and purpose to my life. And, and that's been very enriching. And it's enriched all of my relationships with other people. Now that I'm applying the mindful reflection to my own being and my relationship with food, it's helped me find a lot more depth in myself and reinforce that with deep relationships with other people. And then being a part of a community like this has been so enriching. So I just feel like I've had extra layers of meaning kind of added onto my life. And that has helped me not put layers onto my body with food that's unhealthy for me. It's helped me stay in my clean and clear space with my eating. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Judy, you're up. Judy, habitual and compulsive overeater and sugar addict. There are two that really spoke to me, Cleveland and SOS. And the Cleveland, I like the positivity of it. Increasingly engage the spiritual energy and awareness to continue to grow in abiding strength and wisdom and in the enjoyment of life. One of my favorite quotes is Mark Twain, continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. And 
that's what this speaks of to me that I'm continuing to to grow and I like that and I particularly like growing in my enjoyment of life because as a person with depression I've spent too much of my time not enjoying my life but I also I will seek to improve my awareness and understanding of myself my addiction and of other individuals and organizations I am very much into understanding all of the many things that go into my addiction, because that's why my introduction is so long. I have issues that are just basically habit, bad habits. I have OCD, so I have a compulsion. And I have, um, or I've been dealing with a physical addiction. So it's, there's so many aspects to the addiction, and I need to keep understanding them. And if I ever forget that I don't know what the addiction is, then I'm in trouble. So, um, so anyway, those two out of all of these, they're all great, but those two really speak to me and what I appreciate. So thank you. And I will pass. Thank you to Judy and Dawn. You're next. Good morning. I really like the Buddhist. Um, I've practiced meditation on and off with varied um, amounts of success and um, short to shorter periods of time. But when I came across Pema Chodron's description of, of how to practice you know, in her book, um, When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice, Heart Advice, or something like that, <laughs> um, she quite simply described it as not trying to empty the mind or anything like that, but just, you know, not letting the, letting the thoughts come and go and not grasping onto those thoughts. And I found it really helpful in my practice to carry that, to practice that so that I can carry that off into life. And when things grab my attention and hold them, I can loosen the grasp of that. And, and so my uh, meditation is, a, is getting used to how, how my, my monkey brain works and how it races and does things and I don't need to I didn't need to give it so much uh, attention um so understanding the true nature of my mind and that beyond the mind beyond myself as well I found and I find that before recovery and even during it it's pretty self-centered place to be and my meditation practice helps me to move beyond that self focus, um, which is important in order to increase my tolerance and compassion for self and then extend that to others, which was quite a is quite a quite a, a place of work for me in my recovery. I also like the proactive creating the space same kind of deal. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Uh, Maria, you are next. Hi, um, I think that uh, I can't decide on a single one because to me, to me, it seems, you know, that the OA principle just basically leads to um, a lot of these, um, I don't know what to say, like a, a lot of these uh, statements for me, at least, I've I've done the steps many, multiple times, and and I've done them with um, a woman's way. Um, I've you know 
uh, used uh, Pema Chodron as well, reading a lot of her. And just a, a slew of uh, so many things. But of course, the traditional OA one never really, I never understood like how to, how we get to the point of uh, that we uh, get to understand him and praying for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. I mean, clearly a man wrote that, you know, <laughs> with the, an agenda. And so I just really could never really relate to that. And the way I've always practiced this step is that to have spirituality in my life, some sort of practice of meditation, which consists of a practice of meditation and awareness. And to me, having awareness, it means spiritual. Um, being conscious is what uh, spiritual means. So it's all like, how, how do we define spirituality? That's the key there. Um, if, if, this, if this is the, you know, spiritual awareness. And I like that every single one of these has an area that they focus on. Some of them, are, are, to me, are, are kind of like similar or repetitive. Um, but, you know, like I, the statement of wisdom comes through our open and quiet mind and tells us what we need to know, even when we don't want to hear it. To me, that's like a perfect description of what happens when I meditate. So they're all like, you know, kind of similar, but somehow like uh, give us a direction, um, like we can choose whatever practice gives us a sense of inner peace. Uh, it seems to me like that's a, for me, that's a good one to start out with, you know, to open up to this step. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've done the steps in different, uh, you know, in both AA and OA and yeah, with like different uh, different books. So it's just I find this really uh, interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Linda. Thank you. I'm very grateful for all your shares so far. I just started this step with my sponsor for the first time uh, this week, so it's really uh, good timing, and uh, I think incredibly helpful to hear hear our, all of you. And uh, I, it's a new habit that I have to fit into my life. I like the uh, SOS version of the step to improve my awareness and understanding of myself. I think that's the easiest one for me to sort of take to heart. Uh, and I, I've dabbled with uh, meditation before, but it's, it's a thing that's not, it's not complicated, but it's, even easier to not do it <laughs> so I have to uh, get that habit into my daily life and I'm really glad to hear all the different things you do um, and I think the important part is to make it a reflection and a relaxation and then it's not it's not important how you do it just uh, as long as it makes you think and yeah I think, um, yeah, I have some good notes from today. So thank you all very much. Thank you too, Linda. I'll take a brief turn. 
like Jenny, I am too squiggly. I cannot sit still and meditate. And I will add squirmy to that too, because it just, oh, I can't do it. But I do take long walks every day with my dog. And my sponsor is a Buddhist and boy, would she love me to meditate. <laughs> we, have, we have clashed on this more than once. Uh, but she does describe something called walking meditation. And I do my best thinking, I think, when I'm out there and I'm just walking along the paths that I've made on my property. And uh, I feel a little calmer and a little freer after those walks. So um, she and I are working through Buddhism and the 12 Steps workbook. And the next chapter is starting meditation practices. So I'm going to give it another go and see if that will be a way to, to when I find my emotions escalating and I'm looking around for what I can do to kind of deflate that anxiety. I'll see if this book has any uh, anything good in it for me that I can learn. And I'll share it with you next November when we talk about meditation again. Thank you, everyone. Okay. I'm AJ. I'm a compulsive eater and sugar addict in North Carolina or wherever I am. And I just got through reading the various versions of Step 11 again and um, through that link in the chat. And the one that I really didn't want was SOS. I will seek to improve my awareness and understanding of myself, my addiction, and of other individuals and organizations with the common goal of arresting food addiction. And it's interesting that that almost immediately took me back to Weight Watchers, all the weight pay and weight programs I've done, the other organizations that deal with food addiction. So while I wasn't narrowing down what really of all of these works for me, I knew that that one didn't. And I did like the free thinker, and I'm going to free think on that again after this meeting, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Those words do speak to me. And um, I'm agnostic. I'm a member of a of our organization called Unitarianism. And I do like the idea of spiritual awareness now that I can see that as not Christian, which was my rearing from my childhood. And I know I've heard people talk about, well, spiritual is, you know, religious, blah, blah, blah. To me, it's not. It's on a whole different plane. So I think maybe the free thinker is the one that appeals to me the most. And the last one, I guess it was SOS, is the one that appeals to me the least. We will now take turns reading different authors' insights on Step 11 and then share our thoughts. Who would like to read these insights on Step 11? Hi, I'm Karen, compulsive overeater. Happy to be here. Step 11 insights. Alan Berger. Maintenance is not enough. 
we need to continue to grow or we will regress. This step is about expanding our consciousness and continuing to seek more knowledge about our new way of life. Yes. Martha Cleveland, wisdom comes through our open and quiet mind and tells us what we need to know, even when we don't want to hear it. Yes. Stephanie Covington, we can choose whatever practice gives us a sense of inner peace. Gabor Mate, this is not a demand of submission, but a suggested path to freedom. Human life, I believe, is balanced on four pillars, physical health, emotional integration, intellectual awareness, and spiritual practice. There are no prescriptions for the latter. Therese Jacob Stewart, in step 11, we find that making conscious contact with the great reality deep down within us provides a quiet peace, quenching at last our restless yearnings. Uh, Serge Pragod, over time, you have started to learn new habits, new ways of living. The new ways of living are not just behaviors. They have to do with the attitude you have towards living life moment by moment, mindfully experiencing life. By paying attention to what it's like to change your behavior, you have developed your ability to pay attention to your inner sense of self about the notions of prayer and mindful reflection. The cultural context is different, but the underlying experience is similar, a deep connection to something very meaningful. Thank you, everyone who read. Uh, We are now open for discussion about these interpretations. Um, So hi, I'm Maria. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, as I read through these and, and think about these, what I like about proactive, I make space in my life for mindful reflection. I think that's what it is. It's just like, it could be writing, it could be reading, it can be meditating, listening to music, going for a walk. A lot of times I find just listening to podcasts and then reflecting on them afterwards. Like, you know, I didn't get to go to a meeting or there's a particular topic I want to listen to. And I think it's that it's the just being with yourself and it doesn't have to be meditation or prayer though I think that meditation is helpful. And I I do meditate sometimes on any kind of consistent basis, but I feel like it's that just spending time, you know, I I know they call it monkey, monkey, uh, monkey brain, but just being with myself and reflecting on whether it's what someone else has shared in their reading or spending some time writing about it. And it's the, it's the making time to be in myself that can be really hard. It's just so much easier to rush, rush, rush. Oh, I'm late for work. I'm late for this meeting. I'm late for, oh, I have to go do this now. Oh, let me go do that now. Oh, I, you know, whatever. And it's the, whatever, whatever of those things that I choose to do, it's that I'm stopping. That's the issue. I'm stopping doing, and I'm just being in my own, my thoughts, my, my feelings, my, and, and hearing other people's thoughts and feelings kind of helps generate thinking about my own thoughts and feelings or being quiet. So it's also a way of prompting by you know, listening to other people. So that's all I w- wanted to say. That's it. Thanks. Dawn. This is going to be short because I think Gabor, I liked, I liked Gabor's and I also like Serge Kringle, but Gabor says it all in the last sentence. Spiritual practice, there are no prescriptions for the latter. And that's why this program works for me where the other one doesn't. And why, um, yeah. There's no prescription for a spiritual practice. It's each to his own, her own. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you, Dawn. Jenny. 
I'm really drawn to Martha Cleveland and uh, Therese Jacob Stewart. But if anybody's read um, Martha Cleveland's book, which I think is called uh, The Secular 12 Steps or something. Uh, anyway, it's a really good book. And one of the things I really liked from that is that she defines spiritual awareness as self-reflection uh, and self-awareness. And I just feel like that just makes so much sense to me. And I really like in her you know, little sentence here that wisdom comes through our open and quiet mind and tells us what we need to know, even when we don't want to hear it. And that's definitely been my experience. And even though I don't meditate, I do write, you know, and it's not every day or anything, but I feel like that is a meditative experience and the act of writing, you know, it's physical, but also your mind is kind of like open, you know, to like whatever's happening and magic can happen on the page. You know, you can all of a sudden see things that you didn't see before. And oftentimes I have to write about the same topic many, you know, many times because I start getting a little inkling about something like, I don't want that. No, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to hear that. And I just have to, you know, keep working through it because I know something's not settled yet because I still feel uncomfortable and maybe it's not going to be that day. Maybe it's not going to be that week, but if I keep going, um, I think something's going to come out. And, um, and I really, the part about Therese Jacob Stewart that I like is just the quiet peace, the quenching at last are restless yearnings. I like that part. I don't really like the great reality, but um, I do, I do really identify with the last part of that sentence. AJ. I had the same kind of reaction I had the last time I had reaction to one I didn't feel was good for me and reaction to one I felt was very good for me. And the uh, first one, Allen Berger, maintenance is not enough. We need to continue to grow. We will regress. I feel like I'm being lectured there, and that's just me, but that's how I reacted to it. And I'm being told, you have to do this. Maintenance is not enough. You must do this. And then I got to the Covington. We can choose whatever practice gives us a sense of inner peace. And when I first went from my childhood Presbyterianism the Unitarianism in the 70s, the first congregation I went to had a little thing on the wall that said, this congregation is founded upon freedom of worship according to individual belief. And I felt such freedom in that. And I feel freedom in that we can choose whatever practice, I can choose whatever practice gives me a sense of inner peace. Thanks. Mary Jay, you're next. Thinking about um, probably the closest for me would be uh, what the the Buddhist individual was saying, and looking at those different uh, aspects of life: the spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, and the physical. Is that that kind of goes right along with how we see that in Native America? And I don't know, I'm coming at this thing because I do have a, a, a practice that I have and I do do things where uh, we very much get connected. It's not called meditation. It's called like sweat lodges and, and uh, dances and different, different ceremonies. It's called ceremony. So that's, that's where I find inner peace. But I've also started to 
pick up some practices as far as uh, uh, breathing exercises because it does help me get in my body. So I can, uh, you know, it, it's, I'm going to be open to looking at things. I never hear you have to do this or you have to do that. I never do that. You know, I do what what's going to help. And if it doesn't help, I'm not going to do it. So, uh, but it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. The breathing exercises are helping me. So learning some, some different techniques and stuff. So uh, you can teach old dogs new tricks. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have to say. Good to see everybody. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation.